the story I have on Restless right now, it's not even my first story, right? It's my second mm-hmm. one. So I thought I was ready. I was not. It is really rough on you. If you don't have a support network, if you don't have a vision of what a Rising Stars run should be, mm-hmm. if you don't have that expectation, mm-hmm. it, it can be really rough. This is the Crit RPG Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Lit RPG, Progression Fantasy, and Royal Road. All right. Hi, and welcome, everyone, to the Crit RPG Podcast, the only podcast that welcomes frogs and lemons, sometimes even in the same person. With me today is Honorary Lemon and Frog, Mizar Calf. How are you doing? Hello. Happy to be here. You didn't study that at all, right? You just have like a list of stuff that you that you have to read. Absolutely not. <laughs> Looking through the responses, like, oh my god, that's not in my not in my dialogue tree. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, Mizar um, is a friend of mine, and uh, he's part of this small author community that I work with, and I like him a lot. He's written a kick-ass book, and that's why he's here. And if you're a patron or a follower of this podcast, I think he's got something to say that you should listen to and a book that you should, you should read. So again, welcome, Mizar. How are you doing? Again. Hey, doing great. Happy to be here as always. <laughs> there we go. All right. Why don't we just jump right into it before the podcast started um, or before the main podcast started, I should say. It's still in the bonus material. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> We talked about what you do on an airplane when people are funneling out, but we also talked about your stance on writing in general, representation, and all that kind yeah. of all that other kind of fun stuff, which I thought was very interesting. But just as we were about to get into your new book, I thought, hey, let's start the podcast properly. And yeah, so the question is, why and how that book? Okay, so the current book I am writing and posting to Royal Root as we speak is called Necrologia Chronicles. It is a, well, necromancer progression fantasy. And um, premise is pretty simple. You follow this um, ex-demon necromancer named Alza. And, you know, she was the first necromancer sealed for thousands of years. Uh, but now she's back and she's here to kick some ass. And um, having been part of the origin story of that story, can you tell us a little bit more about who she is as a person because she's an ex-demon? Maybe still a demon after all, but, you know, read the story, wink, wink. <laughs> nice. I don't have you write my prompts. Really <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk about the, the, the long, hard journey it took you to get here? Yeah, like, no, um, for the, sure. The first few drafts? Yeah, um, so... Uh, if anyone listening is going to check out my story, whatever you see there is worlds different from what I pitched to Maddox and some other fellow authors back in late June. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, my story was about an evil necromancer doing evil necromancer things. But then I came to a critical hurdle. I can't write evil MCs. <laughs> yes, that, that threw a wrench into your plans, I, I guess. Yeah, because I kept getting uh, criticism about how, and, you know, um, correct criticism, by the way, mm. about how my, my main character just wasn't clicking with people. And I tried over and over again to make, to make Alza work. You know, as a, as this evil necromancer, people wanted to follow. But every time, uh, people will tell me the same thing: that listen, I just can't vibe with this person. I don't really like her. Or the worst part, I like the side characters more than her. That one was a oh, that's a rough one. Oof, oof. Yeah. So you just said, just decided, hey, let's make a nice, good nature. Yeah. Um, mm. Because I, I guess people can kind of notice when the author is putting their heart into 
into a character or if the author clearly you know dislikes or does not really enjoy writing a character i feel like you know maybe it will immediately show but over time it'll show or you know when you try to make this first impression with like you know a chapter one people might see the story and realize that your heart just really is not into this character or this mm-hmm. character is just not it yeah yeah i think so too making a main character relatable is the most important thing and also the most challenging one i feel especially if you want to write someone who well by by design isn't very relatable right i think you had some good hooks with with alza prime or the first alza um but for some reason like yeah it never really clicked Right, there was like this really cool origin story that I'm not going to spoil in in case you're still working with that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it kind of gives gets us right to the next question, and that would be, um, what's the best advice you've ever gotten as a writer? Oh yeah, so I have had the privilege of speaking to some very talented writers uh, on railroad and who have published traditionally. And I'd say the best piece of advice that I got was just consistency. Mm-hmm. Now, this is much more important on Royal Road and other like web serial platforms compared to, let's say, you know, traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you know, it's applicable to any author who publishes anything anywhere. Consistency just means wherever you are, however you do, just try to write something every day, even if it's just 10 words on a page or whatever, because you have to get yourself used to, you know, writing and just putting words on the page and you don't get better at that unless you do the thing. Now, if you're just doing writing as like a one-off thing or as like a really, you know, just a side hobby that, you know, you don't really care too much about then, Obviously, this doesn't matter, but uh, if you're like me, and I'm not even a full-time author, right? Uh, I'm a hobbyist writer, but I do want, you know, people to write my to read my stories, and I want an audience. If you're like me, and you just want to make sure that, you know, hey, somebody's reading my story, then you're gonna have to be consistent with your writing, and make sure you do write and put something out there, because you can't just leave your ideas bottled up in your head and never put them to paper. Yeah, 100%. Otherwise, your brain might explode. That's a real thing. Yeah, or you might just regret not doing it earlier. Exactly, which is the same thing, I think. (laughs) Perhaps. So many authors actually give the same advice here in different forms, right? Keep writing and you'll get better. Then I guess I should be asking the second question. What's the second best advice you've ever gotten as a writer? Second best advice? Uh, Okay, you know what? I'm going to throw in a bit of a wild card, maybe. The second best advice I got is about writing. It's not really that much related to writing. It's more of a social thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Get some people to look at your work, Um, even just one at least. It's so important. Um, And this is also why I think Royal Road is so cool, right? Um, And platforms like it are so cool. Uh, because uh, this is an open secret, maybe, but a good amount of authors use Royal Road as like to test their books before you know launching it to KU, uh, Kindle Unlimited, uh, or you know to publish it elsewhere. Um, because you know what happens when you post your story on Royal Road, you get people, you know, without you don't you don't even have to say anything. But if your story gets enough of an audience, eventually you will find someone suggesting grammar edits and you know, finding uh, you know little things that you can fix okay even for myself personally i very recently like a few days ago i had a commenter point out in one of my chapters that they found it weird how um one of my characters just walks into a shop like dirty like really dirty and nothing is mentioned of it and you know i read the chapter again and i was like Oh my God, this poor shopkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, wow, I, I, I just completely forgot about that. And, you know, I thanked <laughs> the commenter in the comments. And then I rewrote, you know, I added a small part where, you know, okay, this character gets like a magical shower, basically. And I was clean and good to go. Uh, I know it seems like a, such a small thing, but, you know, these are the things you as an author will probably never really notice unless you get someone to read your story. Because mm -hmm. you as an author have this thing I like to call author vision, where mm. everything just seems okay. Even if you have software like, uh, you know, Grammarly or Pro Writing Aid, um, you know, mm. these things don't really help you catch some of these mistakes because these are not necessarily grammar mistakes or, or structure mistakes. These are just things that are missing from your story, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, speaking of grammar, obviously readers will be more than happy to point out if you're missing punctuation somewhere, you're capitalizing a word in a weird way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think definitely just get people to look at your story. Um, and, uh, and if you're worried about criticism, then I'm sorry, I don't think you can be a writer because you kind of just have to deal with that, whether you like it or not, if yeah. you want to put anything you have to the public, right? Yeah. How would you actually deal with, deal with criticism then? Because it's very easy to say, hey, you just got to deal with it. But do you have any tips that you can share? Absolutely. Um, so this is a mantra that I'm sure some people may have already heard of, uh, is that readers know what they do not like, mm -hmm. but they do not know what they want. Uh, I'll explain that. So when you have people telling you that something is not working in your story, or, you know, this character is just like, you know, not working for me, or I just really don't understand why this can happen. This seems like a major plot hole. Mm -hmm. Then most of the time you can be confident that they are correct and you should probably look to address that. However, when people start telling you how you should write your story, like let's say, you know, oh, I feel like this character should get along with this character or I feel like mm -hmm. the main character should go to this city next or whatever. That's when you need to be careful because, mm -hmm. listen, the reader only knows what they see, what you put out. They only know the story as far as what you've shown them. Compared to you, the author, where you may have knowledge of not only the story itself, but also what happens in the far future or even a lot of background information that the readers don't know. Mm -hmm. And so if you blindly follow suggestions from your reader without thinking critically, You'll just end up with a behemoth or a Frankenstein of a story that doesn't make sense anymore and will likely stray mm -hmm. away from your vision. Uh, that's not oh, to say okay. that, you know, reader suggestions are always wrong. Like, absolutely not. But mm. you know, it's, it's always just careful to, you know, think about it. But, you know, like I said earlier, rule of thumb, if readers say they don't like something, you probably have to address that. If readers say mm -hmm. you should do this thing, be careful with that. I have so many ideas about comedy videos I need to make. Do you remember that Obama anger translator meme? Oh my God, TNPL, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about we do the same thing, but in reverse for railroad comments? Oh, dear God. <laughs> that could be so cool. That aside, I think you're actually doing a pretty good, like this, that was a pretty good uh, assessment of that. Um, you know, I don't talk about my own book on the on the main podcast, but in this case, I think I should maybe mention it. Um, I do have a lot of, you know, hidden backstory. That's how my story works. And um, someone wrote a review of my story and said that uh, they were completely confused and they didn't like the story yet because of it. And I actually reached out to them and asked, like, hey, look, what's one thing that you could do that I could do to make the story better for you? And... Um, at face value, it was mostly that. I'm too confused. You need to give me more information. But then in a, in a side note, they mentioned, hey, um, the, I don't really care about the main character all that much. She doesn't, doesn't have any agency, so why should I care about the story? And that may have been actually the main point, right? Yeah, no, I think uh, on your point about uh, you know agency, right? I think maybe I can kind of divert our conversation a bit over to audience expectations. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, especially relevant for those. If you are a friend of the kazoo ad, you have to be very, very strong now. I regret to inform you that Sherdaloon went and bought the tier that removes the kazoo ad from all podcasts. And and now it's gone. So you got Sherdaloon to thank for that. On the other hand, if you want to add the kazoo ad again, there's a tier for that too. Thanks so much for listening and let's get on with the show. We want to publish a specific platform, again, like Royal Road or Scramble Hub or whatever, right? Um, pro tip, Royal Road readers really do not like it when your main character loses their agency. Um, I have an author friend who's received most of their negative reviews and ratings on this chapter where the MC gets mind controlled. Mm. Right. Um, And, you know, this might seem like such a minor thing for a lot of people, but, you know, to people who read Royal Road, you know, again, Royal Road is a narrow audience, right? It's an audience Mm -hmm. that mainly likes power fantasy, Uh, you know, shansha or cultivation, a progression fantasy, let RPG and numbers go up, right? Notice how joke is always numbers go up, never numbers go down. Um, Health pools go down. Well, yeah, but they go up again eventually, and that's the point. Uh, <laughs> right? So audience expectation, knowing your audience, I think is very important as a writer. And this is where you have to be honest with yourself and your goals. Because if your goal is to build an audience on Royal Road or on any other specific platform, then you will most likely have to make some compromises between what you want to write and what you have to put out. Mm. Right. And, you know, I make this sound like a bad thing. And in some ways it is, but it's not all bad, right? It's just Mm. managing expectations and making sure you are actually aware of the people you are writing to. Because writing is not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. There's you, then there's your reader. Um, Mm. So you have to make sure you cater to their sensibilities to an extent, right? Like, obviously, you want to have a degree of control of your story, and you want to make sure that this is a story you want to put out. But, you know, I'm sorry to say, but if you want people to read your story, you're going to have to write to what they like and Mm. what they enjoy may or may not conflict with your artistic vision for your story. I always feel as though there's a five-head point there somewhere. Because if you're combining what we said before, right, about the audience not really knowing what they want and um, them wanting agency, um, and then looking at the mind control example, I still do feel that there is a way to make a mind-controlled MC um, palatable for a Royal Road audience. Oh, I know. I know the secret sauce to that, actually. Uh, you make sure that the MC that is mind-controlled does something really awesome. Like, let's say, it's not really, and you can't really, like, frame it as mind control, but, you know, mm-hmm. functionally it is in some ways, right? Let's say, mm-hmm. um, if you watch shonen anime, like uh, Naruto, for example, mm-hmm. a common trope in those stories, and uh, admittedly one that I like to use a lot as well is, when the main character is getting beaten up and they're losing really badly, and then like suddenly they awaken this hidden power or this dark power inside of them and they just turn crazy. So, yeah, a lot of readers will love that. Um, believe me. Uh, and you know, if you think about it objectively, in many ways, this isn't really too different from mind control because the MC who is you know let's say you know, normally good natured suddenly becomes a killing machine or becomes really angry and actually wants to kill the villain, right? Mm. Um, So, you know, in this case, you know, the rage power-up versus mind control, in both scenarios, the MC does lose their agency. They're not doing what they're normally going to do, and they're not making any choices by themselves. They have this other entity making the choices for them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but the difference is in the rage power up, you know, I feel that it works because, well, number one, you get the MC to do something really awesome. Whereas usually in mind control scenarios, the MCs get into that situation because they made a mistake or they are mind controlled to like do something like really tragic, like killing their friends or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like in a rage power up, it's usually presented as like this uh, comeback moment, this underdog moment, you know, like you awakening a power and punching up. Uh, especially true if the MC is like a big loser normally, or you know, they're just someone who keeps getting kicked down, and suddenly they snap and they you know, become really badass. Mm-hmm. Like it's cathartic, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's the big difference. Um, we just just enjoy this part more. I feel as though, for example, in the Naruto um, example you gave, now I'm an elder millennial. Um, I think I stopped reading anime or manga, I should say, when One Piece was like in the 400s. So um, Naruto never really hit it for me um, because I just was, was too old. They went to college. But um, Understandable. Very understandable. Like, yeah, I have video games. But uh, I feel the point of Naruto is that, well, he's possessed by this fox spirit, right? Um, that's yeah. sealed inside of him. So that does two things. The first thing is it's foreshadowed, which is super important. Correct. And the second part is he chooses to use that power, even though there's a cost and that's powerful. Right. Um, Believe me when I say just having a character get angry is not always a surefire thing to give them agency. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, But yeah, like you said with the foreshadowing, right. Um, When, you know, Naruto, when he does eventually lose control of uh, the Nine-Tailed Fox's power, right, in parts of the story, it's always portrayed as, like, you know, you know, him losing control. Like, this is a consequence. Yeah. And it's something that he has to work with in order to manage his powers. And again, this happens a lot in many other stories, right? And yeah, I think um, that's one way to manage the loss of agency thing, right? Where, you know, you foreshadow it, you make it you know, seem consequential and impactful. And you make sure that end of the day, the MC, I think this is important, but the MC gets to come back from it at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. And again, I really do think it's the not losing agency, but giving it up willingly. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's the paying of the price. And it's a decision. Um, the other examples are so let's let's talk about the mind control example again, right? Yeah. So I think what makes mind controlled characters work is if it's either super short or if we can believably see the main character struggling against the mind control. Yeah, you know, yeah internal view huge. or whatever. Yeah. Right? Because so many people hate it. I think it was Assassin's Creed three where miles just you know like stabs the uh stabs his totally not love interest and it was like what the fuck because he had no agency snap he just did it but sometimes it really works for example um there's a book that i love that does this amazingly well uh it's called uh well it's one of the books in in the later series um, of the thousand names by Django Wexler. Okay. Um, it, it's not progression fantasy, but it's an amazing fantasy. Um, that's well, you should just read it. It's a really good book or series. And one of the main characters gets mind controlled. So I won't spoil who because I think it was a cool plot twist. But um, this character then fights against his mind control the entire time by using guile and having a conversation and clawing at power at how, how however much power they can get and that just shows them struggling you know and that works whereas yeah if you didn't have that internal view of this character it would just look completely like oh yeah he's just killing dudes suddenly wow why huh yeah definitely. yeah it's uh it's not just thrust upon the character. I think that's the important part. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I do think in a way, um, world world readers are right. But yeah, we talked about this earlier. They have a sense of what they want and a main character just being mind controlled and being completely powerless is not what anyone wants in any story. It's not just world world readers. Yeah, that's fair. Um, speaking of reader expectations again on railroad, mm -hmm. uh, we discussed mind control briefly, but mm -hmm. I think another big one that they do not like for similar reasons, I feel is when the main character loses their powers or regresses mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. Again, uh, if you read mm -hmm. the RPG, then, you know, the joke is numbers go up. You know, this is the meme. This is what everybody knows and says and recites like a mantra number go up. And, you know, I feel like the sense of progression that readers expect from stories on railroad, not just for the RPG stories, but for any, mm. you know, progression story or even cultivation stories. You know, there's this expectation that the main character will get stronger over time. And that's what readers mm. here are for. So when you take that away from them, it can really take them off. And for good reasons at mm. times too. So it's not like, you can't pull an arc like this off, like have the main character lose their powers for a while. Mm. But you got to be really careful about it. Mm. I think it's okay if you foreshadow it. Again, foreshadowing, really important because otherwise it just seems lazy. Um, there's a German series that I really like reading. That's both my entry into Lit RPG. Don't quite know what it's called anymore. It starts with, with Fluchbrecher. It's really cool. I'll link it if I have any Germans listening to this. And at some point, the main character just like loses all her powers, period. And I was like, what? Why? That makes no sense. And it was a total cliffhanger moment too. What works, however, is like you said, if it's temporary or, and this is a cool trick, I think, if the power is temporary. So Kyle Kirin does this really well in the Ripple series where he gives the main character in his guild a time-limited buff where they talk about, uh, where they, you know, get teleportation powers and can move everywhere in the world. And it's, it's a race of using that power to the best extent until it's over. But you know it's going to be over at some point. Um, and I think that's also important. That, that, can, that can be a really cool thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's about executing your story according to the reader's expectations, right? And mm. tailoring it in such a way that it works. Yes. And I would even say tailoring your reader's expectation so that it fits the story. Yeah. So another question I had was um, your experience on Rising Stars, basically, because we talked about it before. And I yeah, just love to know what that does to you or does with you. Because um, I skipped my own Rising Stars. I just didn't check um, Royal World at all. And I'm kind of curious to see how that feels if you're checking every day. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so just for context, just in case you know anyone here is not familiar with Royal Road, hmm. um, Rising Stars is functionally the trending page for the website. Um, you know, it has an algorithm that keeps track of you know, which stories are generally newer ones, less than a month old, um, you know, although exceptions apply, but you know, generally very new stories get on there. And it is a humongous source of traction for new authors or any author that is launching a new story there. Um, for example, uh, I checked my own statistics uh, and most of my traffic, uh, even more so than... Uh, when I ran an ad just for fun, mm -hmm. um, it came from Rising Stars. Rising Stars just demolishes every other source of traffic in terms mm -hmm. of engagement. It is insane. So as a new author, your goal should be to get on it, no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, um, onto the actual question about my experience there. Oh boy, it is a ride and a half the first time you're on it. Um, I think as mentioned previously, I'm still on my Rising Stars run. I think I have been there for just over a week slightly. So yeah, still a ways like to go. What? Slot 14 or something. So 14, 15, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Uh, for context, I think Rising Stars has 50 slots, so yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is a crazy experience because I went from, you know, in my first story, I was not getting comments. I was not getting, well, much engagement at all until like months mm-hmm. later, right? Like not much reviews, not much ratings, not much followers or favorites or whatever, right? Um, now, all of a sudden, I'm dealing with this influx of engagement from readers, uh, comments, followers, ratings, reviews, you know, everything. And not all of it is good, uh, obviously, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I'd like to touch up on more on that because this could make or break certain people, I feel. Um, I know a few authors uh, that I've personally spoken to who stopped writing for a bit because of their Rising Stars experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were fortunate enough to have a backlog. So, you know, they just kept posting even though mm-hmm. they stopped, but some others did not. And they went on hiatus after their story hit the front page of Rising Stars. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to speak on more on why, why did this happen to these people? Why did they feel like they need to take a break? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm sure life circumstances had at least some part to play in that, but I think a bigger one is just dealing with the influx of feedback you get from the readers. Mm -hmm. You know, we are human and as humans, we tend to focus on the negative more so than the positive. Speak for yourself, but yes. uh, Yeah. And I feel like it goes a lot for a lot of people, you know, not everyone I'm sure, but I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Right. Like for every positive comment you receive on your story, you know, while you're on rising stars, you will 100% eventually encounter someone, you know, who gives you a bad rating, a, a, mm-hmm. you know, a negative comment, maybe a comment that you think doesn't make sense, but they just put it out anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, even if in your mind you think, well, whatever this person is complaining about is explained in two chapters, you know, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, they said the thing, they probably leave a rating or a review, uh, and you're going to get these a lot more as your story becomes more popular, right? Mm-hmm. As your story climbs up rising stars. And wow, like the story I have on Rising right now, it's not even my first story, right? It's my second mm-hmm. one. So I thought I was ready. Uh, I was not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, It is mentally, I think, really rough on you. Mm-hmm. If um, if you don't have a support network, if you don't have, you know, like a vision of what a Rising Stars run should be, mm-hmm. if you don't have the expectation, mm-hmm. it, it can be really rough because, you know, your story might be objectively doing fine, but, you know, the first time you receive like a one-star rating or a two-star rating, uh, you know, maybe you're okay, but then you receive another and then another and then another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you start questioning yourself, you know, what am I doing wrong or something like that? You know, something to that tune. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is there's probably not much you can do, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That's the rough part of it. You just have to keep taking it. And this to me is why Rising Stars is a double-edged sword. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to get on it to succeed for the most part. Again, exceptions apply. But for mm-hmm. the, for most people, you will need to get on on it to succeed mm-hmm. on Royal Road. But it comes with a cost, and that cost is not insignificant. Do you think that's just in general true for exposure anyway? Yeah, uh, I feel like when you put yourself publicly out there on any platform, you will face this type of negativity in some way, shape, or form mm-hmm. as your story gets more popular. Again, you know, like uh, you know, you're doing okay or you're, you're getting popular when people start you know roasting you because that means someone took the time out of the day enough to dislike whatever you put out there and you don't get mm-hmm. that if nobody's reading your work right however royal road and other websites like it like scribble hub wattpad even uh, these are websites that are filled with amateur authors including myself yeah we we you know who may <laughs> Uh, who may or may not have the thick skin to resist all of this feedback coming. 
Um, yeah, I mean, even if you're super famous, you sometimes don't have that thick skin. Remember that time when I think it was Chris Rock, someone like yelled a slur at him on stage and he just sat down and read his book for like two hours and then left. That's on the internet, but sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, do go on. Yeah, no, I was just trying to say, um, you know, it's easy for people to just say, hey, you know, just ignore the haters, you know, just ignore these people who give you the negative mm -hmm. feedback. Um, but you know, I feel as humans, it's really hard mm -hmm. to do that uh, for a couple of reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, one is because sometimes, you know, you, you, your mind kind of wonders, what if, what if this person is right? You know, mm -hmm. what if they're saying they're complaining about is actually correct? Right. Mm. Number two is just, you know, when you receive this feedback and you're not used to it, you start to think about your own ability and whether you actually deserve to be where you are. Mm. And the third is it, it just starts to really wear and tear down at your mm. uh, fortitude because, you know, when, if you have a story that that's it never makes it to rising stars, it's you know, a small niche story. Uh, with you know a few readers on it, mm. you know you might be bummed by the fact that uh, you know your story doesn't have that many people reading it. Mm. You know, but on the plus side is you also won't face that tide of negativity that will inevitably come your way, because the truth of the fact is, no matter how good you think your story is, you will find somebody, likely many people, who find something bad to say about it or find something they don't like about it and they're mostly very vocal yeah mm -hmm. yeah these are the most vocal people uh they are also the ones who are likely to take action against your story whether that is a negative comment or a negative rating or review or all of the above yeah they feel kind of threatened i guess i don't know it's really hard to when you're upset, it's really hard to kind of realize like, hey, uh, what am I doing? I could just read something else, um, especially if that person maybe doesn't have the best positive self-talk or something. Yeah. I mean, uh, what you're mentioning here, right, is trying to speculate about the motives of these people mm. that give you, you know, negative ratings or whatever. I, I mm. feel like that is an exercise in futility because I when you start to think mm. that way, you know, you're you're not doing yourself any favors. It's no use figuring mm. out. They could literally just have a bad day and happen mm. to scroll yeah. on your story and decided and, that this is the story I want to kill today. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be honest, I'm not saying like ruminate on it, but I don't think that ignoring it works. Oh yeah, absolutely I don't think, not. It's... I don't think ignoring works. You have to engage with it somehow and you have to process it. Because only by processing can you draw a concrete line between their opinion and your self-worth. Absolutely. And when you talk about processing, you know, there's a few ways you can do that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so number one, and you know, this might anger some people, um, but number one, I think you should do. If you receive you know, like negative comments that you think are not justified, mm -hmm. my suggestion for Royal Road is you delete them immediately. Now, here's the thing, right? Here's the special thing with Royal Road. You as the author, when you delete a comment on your story, it doesn't automatically hide it from your vision. Mm. It, it'll... Well, 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 it's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under critrpg.podcast at gmail.com. For now, I just finished the first book in my own series, Torchbearer. If you like a slow burn story about weak to OP main characters, mixing magic and technology and numbers going up, you might also enjoy this one. You can find the link to my link tree down below. And that's all for now. Thank you very much for listening and or watching. And let's get on with the show. It'll still show up on the story, but it'll be like under a red highlight. Mm -hmm. uh, but the readers after that point, we'll not be able to look at it anymore. But you can, mm -hmm. unless you choose to hide them. So yeah, like if you get a bad comment, I recommend you doing this just for your, you know, just for that mental, I guess, 
safe sense of safety that at least you know you don't want to, your comment section to just be a pool of negativity, right? Because when a reader sees that type of comment, it could influence them. Yeah. So yeah, I suggest you do that. If you want to make yourself feel better and block the user from allowing them to comment on your story, please do not hesitate to do so. Hmm. Like some people on Reddit really like to you know, complain about this. Like, oh, I got blocked by this author uh, on this story. I can't comment anymore. And then you look at their post history or their comment history. And they just say the most vile things to the author, like, um, author, kill yourself, or this is the worst story I've ever read. And it's, you know, I think to myself, is it really a surprise that these people get blocked? Yeah, it's without getting too political about it. Um, some people think that free speech means that there are never any consequences for everything that for anything they say. And that they um, should never like should never fear any repercussion for things that they say. Um, Precisely. I don't think that's true, right? If someone tells me to kill myself, um, I personally have a right to never talk to them again, and they have no right to my attention. Yeah, and the thing about stories on Oil Road is that that comment section that's kind of like the author's personal corner, right? Yeah. So if, if they want to exclude certain people. Mm-hmm. from that corner I, I think they have all the right to it now yeah. um, also mm-hmm. yeah royal road is a privately owned entity correct i and hey nobody's like, stopping you from making the comment at first right exactly yeah. uh, just you know be nice um otherwise i mean i can also come into your house grab a megaphone and yell at you while you sleep right because it is free speech i have a right to tell you what I think. Extreme example, but I, but yeah, I think the message is clear. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, I feel like you as an author have also reserved the right to deal with these comments and the way you see fit. And listen, not everyone has thick skin. Not everyone, mm-hmm. you know, and including myself, by the way, like not everyone has the patience to deal with that type of type mm-hmm. of thing. So my first suggestion is you block it, block the person commenting. Uh, if you feel mm. like it, but at the very least, leave the comment. Mm. Um, if you want to hide it, feel free. But if you don't, what you can do after is, you know, once you're in a clear mental state, once you feel better, mm. let's down in depths. Because from my experience, these people who comment on your story, uh, I know, I know it's very anecdotal, but I've had a few comments like this on my story already, mm-hmm. and you know, suspiciously, my rating seems to go down every time uh, around the same time. <sighs> Suspiciously, I mean, you know, who who would have thunk it? Yeah, we could we could talk for days about the the Royal Road rating system and why I personally think it's faulty. Um, yeah, but we'll go over that way. Now. Yeah, yeah, not a good. Like, there's so many ways you could fix it, or you could attempt to fix it. But Kana is one person. Yeah, the the tech team is one person. The moderation team is one person. So yeah, Royal Road is a small small company. It's a, it's literally a small indie company, and um, the fact that they went so far with this thing, it just and not even they're not even earning all that much with it. If you're looking at the at the at the prices they're charging for premium, like two dollar like two dollars for premium, um, yeah, that's pretty freaking cheap. Exactly. <laughs> and even for the even even <clears throat> they could have made it. Yeah, my God, sorry. <coughs> They could have made it even more expensive for the uh, the app, for example, but they didn't. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just a goody two shoes, but I think they're actually kind of altruistic. Yeah, no, I think the size is fine, but what we're talking about is the people in it, right? That's always the yes. issue. Oh yeah, um, I, I mean, what you were, were talking about? Um, um, yeah, we're talking about how to deal with comments. So yeah, I was just saying. Yeah, you know, and and like once, like once you've removed yeah. the comment from your. Section again. Remember, when you delete a comment, it does not automatically remove it from your site. This makes it yeah. so that the readers can't see it. Yeah, you know, which I think maybe you know after that, yeah, you you come back to it. I mean, you can you can poke Kana about it, like make it give it a check mark. If you delete this comment, do you also want to delete it, delete it for yourself? And then you can check yes or no. Yeah, you can hide the comments from a user very easily. Don't worry. Yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah, but if you don't. 
you know, mm -hmm. and you still want to like figure out whether they're saying anything constructive or not, you know, mm -hmm. give it away, look at it later mm -hmm. in a clear mind when you're a bit, a bit happier, then you can decide for yourself whether you want to deal with whatever this person is saying or not. I also feel as though um, I had this for one of my chapters. So I've been reading them backwards, right? So I've been posting the newest one and then reading them backwards. And I usually, I just stop when I get the, the, the comments that are kind of vitriolic and I'm like, oh, okay, so people didn't get it. It's fine. And then I just stop reading them. Um, and the further you go in your story, obviously it self-selects and you get more positive comments in chapter 50 than you get in, in chapter two. Yeah, because and, um, people who stick that way, you know, that long, yeah, probably yeah, actually like your story. Yeah, and they went back from the from the end, and I hadn't looked at, at this comment before, but it was a kind of childish comment about like uh, I don't like this, uh, this is weird, and apparently my readers had downvoted that comment so hard that it already got hidden before I even reached it. So Remarkable. that was fun. That I was, love democracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Awesome. So yeah, let's jump over to the next segment. Yes. In that case, I guess we should go to one book that you love and why is it awesome? Oh my God. Okay. Um, a really, really uh, favorite book I have is this book called Stone Blind by Natalie Haynes. Okay. Um, it is a retelling of Greek mythology. Um, and you may or may not have guessed from the title, but it is retelling it from Medusa's point of view. Mm, okay. Right. So it's, um, okay, oddly enough, again, this is a bit of a spoiler for the book, but uh, a lot of the book it's not like from her perspective exactly, but also about the events surrounding her. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like obviously you have the gods arguing with each other because, you know, Greek gods, come on. Uh, and then, you know, you get, you know, you get to see the story of, you know, Perseus as well, who eventually does kill Medusa, right? Um, mm -hmm. But what I really like about the story is, first of all, the prose mm -hmm. and the technique that the author uses here. It is unlike any other book I've ever read. And I think trying to explain it is hard. Um, in all fairness, some people might be turned off by the way she writes the story, but I feel like it works for it. Um, secondly, it's telling a really you know, unique story. Again, Greek retellings are nothing new. It's a dime a dozen by this point. Um, everything from uh, Percy Jackson to just, you know, the Disney movies, whatever. Everybody's, mm -hmm. I feel like everybody and their grandma has done a Greek mythology retelling. Um, but what makes Stoneblind work so well for me is, you know, how I feel the author manages to humanize Medusa of all people. And mm -hmm. she, you know, depicts certain things in a way I've never seen before, like Perseus as not this, you know, heroic champion, but as a wimpy kid who got lucky basically, uh, you know, just given everything by the gods. And, you know, you read Medusa describing him and he comes off, no, sorry, she comes off as so salty about the fact that, you know, she has to die because of this kid who just has to succeed because the gods want them to. Both of them really poor souls. Exactly. But yeah, that's definitely um, an excellent book. I feel like... Uh, Natalie Haynes is a talented author. She has a couple other books already. Great work. Check her out, please. Okay. Awesome. Will do. And I guess we could be talking about shout outs and railroad in general for a bit. Oh, shout outs on railroad. There are a lot. Um, I think the main ones are uh, the Crit RPG crew. Um, so obviously you, Maddox, but uh, we have old folks are Sean with, you know, Dawn, the last dragon rider. We have miles with bog standard Isaka. We have K with dungeon diver. We have JTB with his firefighter lit RPG, which is pretty lit. It's on a fan. <laughs> um, 
We have Merchant Crab, which I'm sure has been shouted out multiple times in this podcast. Yes, by everyone, basically. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, Haylock with Reticle Fishing. Um, am I missing anyone? Um, yeah, Baba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All Leatherwood by Baba Vader, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that is... All in the world. Yeah, Baba so has, been, has been a little bit quiet, but yeah, still writing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, cool. no. Great RPG people are pretty cool. Pretty chill. Yeah, check them out. Oh, oh, oh yeah, and uh, you know, big sneaky barbarian. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, I say on behalf of everyone, um, mine would go in the same way. Uh, I mean, I shouted out yours last week, and I think this thank week you for be, that. Uh, <laughs> you got it. Um, I think for this week it will be um, Sean's new book. Uh, yes, he folks... is launching a new one for November. Yeah, he already launched it, right? He's uh, taking part on the Rythathon, um, and his new book is called, I think, Perfect Level 1 or something? Has a bald man in the cover, and as someone yes. with a receding hairline, I aspire to be that man. I do not, and the fucker named him after me. <laughs> Remarkable. I, I love Sean so much. Yeah, Sean's really cool. All right. Ultimate Level 1. There we go. All right. And I guess this was a very quick episode. We were very focused. Laser focused and efficient. Laser focused. As yeah. the Germans intended. <laughs> I don't quite. I, don't, I, I really should. We, we really shouldn't. We really shouldn't. <laughs> but um, yeah. Mizar, thank you so much for being here. Um. We can talk more for the bonus material, of course. And if you're listening to this and you feel like, hey, I would like to listen to Mizar a little bit more or maybe another author that I had on the show, do feel free to join my Patreon. The stuff on there will make your ears wobble. It is great. So maybe I'll see you there. Also, uh, yeah, I haven't really promoted that as much as I should have, I guess. I have a Discord server. You can find the link in the description below the video. And yeah, I'd love to hear or read you on the Discord server. Just drop by, let me know what you think about the podcast. And uh, if there, you need any help, I'm also there for that. All right, thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. And if you are on Patreon, then the show goes on. All right. Let me just take a really quick break and then let's talk some more. Epic. <laughs>